This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Keeping everything moving fast and furious here on today's show. As we kick off hour number two of the show, we do it with my guy, Connor Orr from SI.com. You can find him on Twitter, at Connor Orr. And thank you so much for your time this afternoon, Connor. And before we get into NFL, we're coming off a fantastic weekend, March Madness style. Uh, I don't know how many brackets you fill out, if you fill out brackets, but if you do, how are your brackets looking? Uh, not good, but uh, I'm sitting here in New Jersey, and uh, I'm, I am I got peacock fever like everybody else. It's all about St. Peter's right now. So uh, we're all uh, we're all focused on uh, on making sure they get to the Final Four. Is the, what, would they be the first 15th seed in the Final Four, I imagine? Right? I, think, I think so, and, and it's funny to see that, you know, St. Peter's is in the position that they're in because the last time, what, a 15 did what they're doing right now, the guy who led them or was on that team was their coach right now, Coach Holloway. He was actually playing for the team that he led there. I forget what team it was, but, yeah, it was just like they tie in so well together. I thought St. Peter's is a fun story right now. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, and, and New Jersey has such a, a proud history of college basketball, and so we had Rutgers and Seton Hall in the tournament this year, so it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I always pick them all to go to the uh, Jersey school. I always pick them to go to the Elite Eight or whatever, but, of course, I, I, I never thought it would happen with St. Peter's, <laughs> so I, was, I missed a chance on a pretty good upset there. All right, Connor, sticking with college basketball, you put out a hard-hitting story today talking about <laughs> mascots. You spoke to a Harvard mammalologist. Am I saying that right? <laughs> mammalologist, yeah. Mammalologist, okay. And it turns out that a lot of these mascots, I knew something was up all along, that they are not the animals that they're representing. So what were the findings here? What were some of these animals that these mascots look nothing like them? Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, you know, we started kicking around an idea for this story uh, a couple of months ago, and, uh, you know, she kept a running list of all the teams that she found to be biologically inaccurate, and among them, you know, basically every team with wildcats, right? Um, only the Villanova wildcat is an actual wildcat. Everyone else's wildcat is either some kind of bobcat or lynx or uh, uh, mountain lion or something like that, and... Uh, you know, some other interesting ones, Texas Christian, the horned frogs, are actually horned lizards. Right. They're way cooler than horned frogs, uh, but uh, for some reason they went with horned frogs, and no one knows why. The only horned frogs that actually exist are way down in South America. They look nothing like TCU's mascot, and they don't do cool things like TCU's mascot. Like, a horned lizard can shoot blood out of its eyes. How cool is that? Horned wow. frog can't do that. That's so funny. Oh, okay. that, no, it's so funny that you brought that up. I just found that out yesterday that a horned frog is not a, a horned frog. It's a horned lizard. And I had no idea. I was like, why didn't they just call it that? And no one could ever give me the answer of why they called it a horned frog because TCU literally says, go frogs. Like, that's what they say, go frogs. But their mascot should be a lizard. Should be a lizard. and At the very least, uh, a toad. But, uh, you know, they, uh, you know they, they dropped the ball on that one. Minnesota, Golden Gophers. They're actually golden-mantled squirrels, which I think, again, would be a way cooler mascot. Their gopher is not a gopher. That's amazing. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that Kentucky, they should own it and just be called the Mountain Lions because, like you said, a Mountain Lion looks cooler than a Wildcat. Yeah, here's the the argument against the Wildcat. A Wildcat, you know, when you picture that in your head, you're picturing something 
gigantic and fierce, but the wildcat is sort of the immediate precursor of the domesticated house cat. It's basically a little bit bigger and a little bit wider than a house cat. And so, you know, if you're Kentucky, you lean into the mountain lions, you know, you try to get a little something more fierce there. I mean, you know, uh, who, who, who's scared of a house cat kind of jumping around? No, I mean, that, when you break it down like that, nobody. But I think Wildcat sounds a little bit better, like a little more, like you said, a little bigger and stronger and more ferocious. But when you boil it down, it really it really isn't. We're talking right now with Connor Orr from SI.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Now, Connor, I wanted to talk to you about the Raiders. We had you on a couple months ago when everything was going on with the, the front office, and you had put out a piece saying that they needed to go in a different direction. They needed to, you know, get out of the Raider way and start doing things differently. And a lot of people gave you a lot of pushback. But they did that. They absolutely did that. Mark Davis went out and hired uh, Dave Ziegler from the Patriots, Josh McDaniels, Champ Kelly. I mean, there's a lot of different in the Raiders organization right now. What did you think of just the way that they put that front office together? Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was an acknowledgement of what you don't know. And, and I think that while it's not exactly what I was suggesting, you know, I think it is along those lines where I think Mark Davis had to acknowledge that, like, hey, I need a system in here. And while, you know, Am I a huge, gigantic fan of just hiring guys from the Patriots <laughs> since it's worked out zero times elsewhere? No, but, um, you know, I think uh, maybe you keep taking swings at it until one of these things actually works out. I don't know, but uh, I-, I-, I thought it was an acknowledgement of, hey, you know, um, this was my mistake before, and I need to build a culture and not have a culture built around one guy, which is kind of what I did in the past with uh, John Green. Right, exactly. And now Dave Ziegler's the GM, uh, goes out and makes a big move last week for Devontae Adams. I thought that that was a, a really good move to help, you know, keep the, the Raiders in, 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 in pace with the rest of the AFC West. And we've seen how that's put together. But what have you been hearing about Dave Ziegler as a GM? What is, what is the, the NFL world kind of talking about him? Well, I think the Adams trade was interesting in that it was fairly out of character for, you know, the Patriot school of thought, which means that I think in some ways it's encouraging, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think that when we've seen Patriots GMs uh, branch off from the Bill Belichick tree, they've all tried to replicate Bill Belichick until the moment when their backs are against the wall and then they irresponsibly overspend. This was a thing where they had a targeted eye on someone uh, before, during free agency and they decided to make a move. And, you know, I, you can argue whether or not that it was the right thing to do or it's a smart thing to trade for a 30-year-old wide receiver, soon to be 30-year-old wide receiver, but... It was targeted, and uh, you know it seemed to be something that uh, that bolstered their faith in Derek Carr, which I think are two good things to do. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. And you know, before that, they had uh, made the move to to extend Max Crosby, so they kept their own. They sent a message to the locker room. Then they went out, and made the move for Adams. They got Chandler Jones. I thought that was a good move. And like you mentioned, uh, you know Derek Carr, and now it looks like they're going to get him an extension sooner rather than later. It feels to me. Like they're putting together something that at least on paper, and you don't win anything on paper, but it just looks a lot more like solid ground than what the past regime had. Yeah, and you're doing, again, I mean, you you kind of brought it up. You're doing what other Patriots coaches have failed to do, right, which is put the rest of the locker room at ease. Is like, you know, we're not going to come in here and treat you like the Belichick machine and just cut everybody and bring in players that he cuts because they're the only ones who know how to run our defense. And so I think by extending some familiar players, by bringing in some non-Patriots players, even though Chandler Jones is tangentially connected there, it's right. just, uh, I think it's, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, this is, this is a little bit of an olive branch for a locker room that should 
rightfully be freaked out. I mean, if I was playing for a team and they hired Patriots guys, I would call my agent and say, get me out of here. Because <laughs> you just don't know. Because you just don't have any, any uh, understanding of exactly what they plan on doing. And, and that looks like now they're putting the plan together. Again, we're talking with Connor Orr from SI.com here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Go ahead, Devon. All right, Connor. I know that you were very upset with the Browns signing Deshaun Watson going as far to say the franchise. They sold their soul. And you're going to be looking for a new team. I know it's only been a weekend. Have you narrowed down a list, or where are you at on the search for a new team? <laughs> um, well, I will say this. I will say one of my colleagues uh, uh, sent us a uh, one of my colleagues sent uh, sent us a uh, a bear from the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, and so I think that uh, as a uh, as a uh, father of young children, I think that's that's a team that we can get behind. So right now, we're all about the. Uh, U.S. Women's National Soccer Team right now. Boom. Oh, man, that was a safe pick there. Oh, you, z- you zagged on me. <laughs> I was going to suggest maybe the Raiders throwing it out there. <laughs> I, th- I, think I, need to, uh, I think I need to take a year off. I, I think I'm taking a year off from the NFL uh, outside of uh, work-related responsibilities. So maybe I'll check back in in 2023. There you go. Well, well sticking with work-related activities, what do you think of the AFC West, the way it's loaded up? Russell Wilson's in Denver. Uh, mentioned everything that the Raiders have been doing. The Chargers have been making moves. And, of course, Kansas City still Kansas City. How loaded is this division, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, the AFC has all the best quarterbacks. I think they have most of the best coaches, and we're going to see some atrocious playoff teams coming out of the NFC. I think the playoffs this year will be kind of comical in that regard. But, yeah, this is the most loaded division that I've seen in a long time, and I think people are seriously underestimating some of the moves that the Chargers made. I thought they had one of the best off-seasons, really targeted, um, especially to get the cornerback position locked down, to, uh, to pair Khalil Mack in there, and help them run that defense that they want to run. I think they're going to look much better than they did a year ago. You know, a lot of Raider fans ask, how are they able to make so many moves happen? But, I mean, it all boils down to the guys that they have still on rookie deals, including the quarterback, the left tackle, the safety. I mean, those, all those three guys right there allow the, the Chargers to be able to make those moves. Is, that, is there anything else that I'm missing? No. I mean, now's the time to strike. But I think what, you know, what fans are sort of waking up to right now as we watch the Falcons today observe a $40 million cap hit is that the salary cap really only exists in name so mm-hmm. that owners have an excuse not to pay people. And so if you're a fan base that's looking around and saying, why isn't my owner doing this? Why isn't uh, my GM doing that? It's because the owner is keeping the checkbook locked in a safe and uh, he or she wants to spend the money on something else, maybe another... Uh, a proof yacht or something like that. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. I've been trying to tell everyone that the, the, the salary cap is just a salary cap if you want it to be a salary cap. And, Connor, before we, we let you go, I did want to ask you, there were some moves made today. Matt Ryan, he went to Indianapolis. Uh, Marcus Mariota, he goes to Atlanta. Baker Mayfield's still sitting in Cleveland looking for a new home. They're still trying to trade him. What do you think happens with those three quarterbacks? Well, two of them, you know where they land, but what do you think happens with Baker, and how do you think Matt Ryan does in Indy and Marcus Mariota in Atlanta? I think Matt Ryan will do great in Indianapolis. I think the, <laughs> I think the Falcons had a pretty good quarterback there. But uh, I, you know, I think it's interesting that all these other teams that put themselves at risk there by trying to sign Deshaun Watson are uh, slumping back to the grocery store, and there's not a whole lot on the shelves. And you know, I've kind of gotten a kick out of that. I think it's sort of a deserved uh, consolation prize for all those teams. But uh, yeah, I think Matt Ryan's going to be great in Indianapolis. I think Frank Reich is a really good head coach, and I think that they were probably one locker room leader and quarterback away from making a legit Super Bowl run last year. And so I think as long as Matt Ryan can kind of pull the Philip Riversian, 
sort of uh, no mistakes kind of season. I think they're going to have a pretty darn good year. And Baker, boy, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I can't imagine him being a backup. But I think if he's willing to, uh, I think if they're willing to make something work, I think Carolina probably makes the the Mm. most sense there. I just, I can't imagine them convincing themselves that Sam Darnold plus rookie first round pick is, is the right thing to do, especially because I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, Matt Rule, I think, was in trouble this year. You, you're going to let him draft a quarterback? Right. I, I don't know if that's the case. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. We actually started off the show thinking that that was probably the, the best landing location because both those guys are, are kind of up against the wall, you know, Matt Rule and Baker Mayfield. So uh, fantastic stuff as always, Connor. What do you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for besides the, the mascot story? Well, we got plenty of stuff here. It seems like uh, I, I would say that we got all these fun things to plan, but every single day the NFL drops a bombshell on it. <laughs> so uh, just check back, and we'll, I'm sure we'll have something good on the news of the day every day. <laughs> there he goes. Well, hey, continue to do what you do and continue to enjoy March Madness as it uh, rolls on, and maybe St. Peter's will keep on, keep on dancing, my man. I appreciate you. All right, go Peacocks. <laughs> there you go. Connor Orr right there, SI.com on Twitter, at Connor Orr. Definitely appreciate his time this afternoon. 314 is the time when we come back. Want to hear your thoughts. Uh, what is your thoughts on free agency? What do the Raiders need to do to help solidify the roster? You know they don't have a first-round or a second-round pick, but they have Devontae Adams. They have Chandler Jones. They have some nice pieces to work with. What do you think they need to do? They just re-signed Brandon Parker, so there's a right tackle. Is that your right tackle, or is that – more depth. Let me know what you think. Plus, if the Raiders lose, do you turn off football for the day or are you watching the rest of the games like I do? Let me know about it. 314 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Friday, the Deshaun Watson trade went down between the Cleveland Browns. The actual conversation has just come in from it. Turns out the compensation on the trade was changed. The Browns are giving up six draft picks for Deshaun Watson. At first, it looked like five. Instead of giving up a 20, and then for Deshaun Watson, uh, the Texans were giving up a fifth round pick in 2024 originally. Now it's a 2024 sixth round pick. So if you're keeping track, Houston gives up Deshaun Watson and a sixth round pick in 2024 to Cleveland. Cleveland gives up round one pick this year, number 13. Round four pick this year, number 107 from Detroit. Round one pick in 2023. Round three pick in 2023. Round one pick in 2024 and a fourth round pick in 2024. They give up six total picks for Deshaun Watson. So there you go. Cleveland is all in and all in. And it's one, this is going to work one of two ways. It's either going to work out great and there you go, or it's not. And then if it's not, there's going to be some uh, for sale signs in front of some of these GMs and front office guys' uh, houses there in Cleveland. Yeah, this is definitely Super Bowl or bust. Right. There's no way around it. You win the Super Bowl, you say, hey, we had to get in the business. With, we had to get into the Sean Watson business, but it panned out for the sake of the team. But if it doesn't, woof. And, when, and, and how long do you think that that takes? Because, look, it's not going to happen this year, obviously. They have who knows how many games he's going to miss. So they'll be, in my opinion, out of the running by then. But how many games do you – I mean, when do you think that they need to be at least contending, knocking on the door to make this trade worth it? Because remember, they give it $230 million. Let me, let me go a step further, and we'll talk to John McClain from the Houston Chronicle tomorrow. His deal with the Texans didn't even kick in yet. 
He had a deal that was supposed to kick in this year, and it didn't even kick in yet, and they basically ripped that up, gave him a new contract with nothing but money guaranteed, $230 million to be exact, and then they finagled his $1 million uh, base salary for this year, so when he does get suspended, it's not going to be taken out of a large sum of money, so he's basically going to lose, like, what, fifty to $7,000 a game, I think? Exactly, yeah. You're Which right is on, you're nothing. Right nothing compared to what it was. So I'm, I'm interested to see how all that shakes out. Uh, we talked about Brandon Parker being signed by the Raiders. Jermaine Illuminor just tweeted out, the show goes on, baby. Also, yes, I am back. So Jermaine Illuminor, if you're talking about competition at that right tackle position, that is a guy who at a few times last year, was in the right tackle spot for the Raiders. And I'll say this, has he has um, ties with the Patriots. He was with the Patriots before he was with the Raiders, so he knows the new offensive line coach that the Raiders have. So maybe he's a guy that you look at and say, maybe he has a chance to, to be that right tackle spot. I don't know. I asked the question of what do you think that the Raiders need to do still in free agency? For me, for my money, it's go get a corner and go get a, uh, go get a right tackle. I think for a lot of people... It is beef up that offensive line because we saw last year, we all saw, oh, man, this offensive line, it is not it is not up to task. It's not cutting the mustard. And to see that so many players from last year's offensive line are coming back, do Ziegler and McDaniels, do they just believe in their staff and their talent evaluation? Or do they are someone coming in the draft? Is there a big move that we don't know post-June 1st that may be coming? But as of right now, I'm not feeling that confident. Shout out to those guys for getting paid. Right. But I am not feeling confident. And who knows? And who knows how much back. they're getting paid? I mean, they might just all be one-year deals, and you know, whatever. We don't know the contract details. I'll say this: if they run it, just run it back with who they have. And I know Denzel Good's coming back. Uh, I think that that right side of that offensive line is going to be a struggle. I mean, I'm just going to say straight up: I think it's going to be a struggle that really needs to be addressed. And I don't think anybody would disagree with you. I don't think so either, including those guys. I think that they realize that they can't be on the str- struggle bus. Uh, Vegas Pete hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R, text sign. He said, I'd rather have the Honey Badger over Gilmore. We need safeties, and he knows Mahomes' tricks. Okay. Okay. I, I think, I don't know. I think both guys would be good. I really do. I think uh, Gilmore would be really good at the corner position. I think that the Raiders need a veteran at the corner position outside of Rocky Sin. I think you need someone that's really been there, done that. Uh, Gilmore could be that guy. But Honey Badger also could create some turnovers on the back end, and we all know the Raiders need to be able to create some turnovers. They have not done that in a very long time. If it's an either-or, I think I want to go with Gilmore, though, because part of the Honey Badger conversation of it's just, hey, he knows Mahomes' tricks. I don't want to sign one player just for those two games. That's a good point. It's good in theory, but you don't want to be like, hey, man, he might just be average, a good starter for most of the season. But those two games, that's what we count on him (laughs) to be a lead at. Right. Those are the two games that Jonathan Abram, uh, we always say, should probably sit out because the Chiefs always target him. And and I hate that for him. Uh, I like what he did last year, started to do, started to turn the corner. But, man, for some reason, the Chiefs look at that number 24 out there and they go after him. And one thing that will give me some hope for Jonathan Abram this coming season, as we were talking about one of our questions for the day, if the Raiders lose, will you turn the game off because you want to watch the other competition? Watching that Giants and Chiefs games, the Giants, Patrick Graham's defense, they knew how to handle the Chiefs. I mean, I know it was still. That's true. They still you know, ended point. up losing that game, didn't they? But they, they were did. keeping track. But were their keeping, offense stunk. Yeah, they, the offense stunk. But they were doing a good job of containing Travis Kelsey. That's a good point. No, you, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, Glenn in San Jose hit us up and said, what's up, Q? What's up, Damon? 
Raiders need to fill up their linebacker room. Micah Kaiser is a good start. Obviously, Dave Ziegler sees something in them, but they need to add more. And, uh, yeah, that signing happened earlier today as well. Linebacker Micah Kaiser has come in. And, uh, you know, he was he was a good player coming out of college. I think he's more of just a rotational guy, a little depth piece, like you said, Glenn, you know, kind of fill up that linebacker room. Um, I think that that's an area that could be addressed in the draft. But I think it's good, like you said, to go ahead and start addressing it right now and start to put some put some folks in place. And like I said, at the very least, just have a lot of depth. Um, Raider gone, 714. He said, pre-COVID, if the Raiders lost, I would not watch any other games because just reading the Bleacher Report updates or highlights. Since 2020, I make sure I'm watching Red Zone before and after Raider games unless wifey has errands for me to do. Happy wife, happy life. Just don't ask me to do nothing from the time pre-game starts to the game. That's from Raider gone, 714. And I'll say this. That's another reason why you should watch all the games. Don't red zone it. You should watch all the games so you don't get stuck in that honeydew list, that trap. If you make it to Sunday, fellas, listen to me when I say it. If you make it to Sunday, you know you're good. If you've already kind of put it out there that, hey, Sunday is my day. I'm watching all the games. Then the wife won't ask you those questions because she knows she'll throw your routine off. You just got to plan it. You got you to gotta train your body and train your brain. You know what I mean? Like, you've really got to set this thing up the right way. You set it up correctly, and you I'm trying to tell you, man, you live the good life. Like Kanye before Kardashians, you'll live the good life, man. Don't mess this thing up. You didn't have to go there with Kanye, man. Hey, Kanye was a, is, was a genius. He was one of my guys, man, back in the day. He was one of my favorite guys ever. And then he uh, Kardashianed us out. And, well, we all seen that. Have you seen the special yet on oh, Netflix? That, that doc, oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. I feel bad. I feel bad for... Uh, uh, what was his name? Cootie. Yeah, Cootie. Yeah, I felt bad for him, man. Kanye did him dirty. See what happens, man. You you, you come you you blow up, and you forget about the little guys. That's what's gonna happen with Demond. He's gonna blow up one day and be like, "Q who? Radio Nation Radio who? Wow. He's gonna do his dirty. It's all right. It's all, it's all right. It's it's all good. You didn't even remember last week, my boy Daniel. That it, that's totally different. No, it's not. He 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 met him with the boy Corey. Cause you talk <laughs> about him more. Come on, I can't meet somebody once and you expect me. I do it all the time. I remember. I remember people that we meet all the time. That's what you're supposed to do. Man, I'm going to try to bring somebody real random. Yeah, but random. Random it up. 327 is the time. Tiffany McNiff. She's coming up. Yeah, she's a Raiderette director. She's got some, some good things going on. Maybe you know someone who wants to be a Raiderette. You'll get all the information. You'll get it next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Keeping the party rolling around here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Talk to a lot of good guests. And, of course, Raider Nation, talk to you as well at 702-365-9200. Always appreciate all the feedback. And also on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and If there's ever a guest that we have on and you want to ask some questions to him, feel free to text it in, and we'll make sure to ask the question. And right now, we have Tiffany McNiff, former Raiderette. She's a Raiderette director. She is on the phone lines. And, Tiffany, thank you so much for your, af- your, time, your, yeah, your time this afternoon. Um, I understand that you guys are looking for new Raiderettes. What all goes into that? What goes into looking for Raiderettes, and, and how do you qualify for this? Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here and go Raiders. There you go. Well, our auditions, <laughs> our auditions are April the 16th. You can register online at Raiders.com slash Raiderettes. Our beginning process is just learning a quick 40-second dance where you will perform in groups five at a time, and the judges will evaluate, and we will announce the candidates who are moving on to the next round by the end of that day. You know, and uh, we've actually had multiple uh, former Raiderettes on the show before, uh, going way, way back in the day to going to current day. And so you were a, a former Raiderette. So to you, what did it mean to be a Raiderette? 
Oh, my goodness. Being a Raiderette is an honor and opportunity of a lifetime. Just being a part of the iconic Raiders brand and organization is just a true blessing. It was something that completely shaped who I was as a person. I made the team as a young 20-year-old, and now here I am many years later as the director. And just being a part of something so much bigger than myself and being a part of a sisterhood and having so many teammates to be there to support you throughout your life is an opportunity of a lifetime. How cool is it, you know, when you're out there and you're cheering and, you know, you're helping just get that crowd fired up and lathered up. And we saw some pretty intense crowds throughout the last year uh, at Allegiant Stadium, especially that last game of the year against the Chargers. But, you know, when you're down there on the field and you're cheering the crowd on and they're getting hyped and hyped, what, what kind of energy does, does that take to you? Oh, my gosh. I don't think there's anything more exciting in the world. It's just exhilarating and to hear the crowd roaring behind you and the Raider Nation cheering on the team and the girls is just the most amazing feeling in the world. It's indescribable. Talking again with Tiffany McNiff here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So as you guys are looking for future Raiderettes, what are some characteristics that go into a great Raiderette from your experience? Well, from my experience, I would say someone who is poised, confident, hardworking, talented, and just an all-around leader and ambassador for the community. Talking again with Tiffany McNiff here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So uh, you said that it's a, it's a what, a 40-second little dance routine that, that you have, and how complicated is the dance routine? I mean, is it, is it one of those? Because, you know, there's a lot of complicated <laughs> dances out right now, so is it one that's easy to pick up in your opinion, or is it, is it real complicated? Well, the good news is, is we open our auditions to absolutely anyone who wants to come out and give this a try. So we do send out the choreography two days before auditions. Nice. So I will say there are some technical elements, <laughs> but we give you enough time to practice and get in the best shape you possibly can to be successful for our preliminary audition. Oh, man, that was going to be one of my questions because I was thinking, what are the qualifications does it take to be a Raiderette? But you answered it there. And now that the team is in Las Vegas, how does that factor into how good of a show that you want to put in for the games being inside the entertainment capital of the world? Wow. I mean, being in the entertainment capital of the world just allows us so many opportunities to perform with globally renowned names and artists. This year, we had the opportunity to dance with Ludacris and Ice Cube, mm -hmm. Little John, Sammy Hagar, Run DMC, to just list a few. So we're looking for the most talented group of well-rounded individuals that we can find so we can really continue to elevate our in-game in experience and perform with these you know, incredibly talented artists. I got to ask you this silly question because as we're talking to you, I've got like three or four text messages saying that, hey, tell Tiffany if they need any kind of judges, we don't mind being a judge. How <laughs> how often do you hear a question like that or a statement like that? Um, you know, I've heard it from everyone, <laughs> from my doctor to my daughter's nanny. Pretty much anybody and everybody has offered. So I appreciate all the offers, you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Again, we're talking with Tiffany McNiff, Raiderette Director here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We're uh, talking about the fact that they're looking for future Raiderettes right now. So uh, if you need to get some more information, uh, you want to get signed up, this is kind of intriguing to you, or maybe somebody has has some, you know, is hearing this and says, well, I'm going to pass this on because I know someone who would be a really good Raiderette. Where do they need to go to get some more information? 
Yeah, you can go to Raiders.com dash Raiderettes. And on our website, we have all of our tryout information as well as information for our prep clinics where you can learn more about our program and what goes into our audition process. So you have the the classes, you have the tryouts. Uh, After that, what is the next step that goes into becoming a Raiderette, an iconic Raiderette? Well, the next step would be starting practice. We're going to begin practice in person in May. We practice about three times a week. And then we go straight into our performances. Even when we're off season and don't have games, we're still out and about in the community and performing. And we're actually opening uh, our very own dance studio to the public uh, at the end of this year. So, so many exciting things to look forward to. Okay. I, I see you. I, I like that. Sounds, sounds good. So, uh, let me ask you this. I'm curious. What was it like when it was the pandemic and there was obviously there was no fans in the in the stands in Allegiant Stadium and just how did that change the game for the Raiderettes? I think it changed the game just like it changed the game for all of our incredible fans. Um, we were a little bit heartbroken that we didn't have the opportunity to be in the stadium cheering on the team. But thankfully this past season um, we were able to be out there for the first time with the fans and in person and I don't think there was anything as good of a feeling is that just being back together again so we missed you guys and i know you missed us and we're just so honored and excited to be back on the field with you and tiffany not only being back on the field but being out in the community here in las vegas how has this past season how has it been to have that first full season of getting to know las vegas under your belt oh it's been so great it's just an honor always being able to give back to the community and meet the fans and meet everybody here in Las Vegas. Um, you know, a lot of being a Raiderette is going out into the community and just meeting people and being a role model for our youth and kids and just having the opportunity to see everyone's smiling faces again has been just a huge joy for all of us. You know, we uh, throughout the course of the football season, the high school football season, we were doing the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week, and then we had Game of the Week, and DeMond would go out to him, I'd go out to him, and every time there'd usually be uh, a, a, you <laughs> yes. know, a Raider veteran, and then also the Raiderettes were there as well, and it looked like it was so much fun and interacting with the high schoolers and everything. How how cool was that, and how much you know did did that get perceived by the the Raiderettes that would go out there? How much fun did they have? You know, we had an amazing time, and we still laugh about a few about a few um, instances we had out there. We've had a dance-off a few times, and people really brought the moves out and showed us all the stops, pulled out all the stops for us. So we had an amazing time just getting to know the community and meeting the kids and watching everybody's moves and just having a great time. So it's been it's been an incredible experience all around. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun to, to be able to go out there and check it out and, and see everyone have a good time. Like you said, uh, uh, the, the high schoolers and everything really had a good time with the players and, and also the Raiderettes. So uh, you guys are doing a fantastic job in the community. We definitely appreciate that. One more time before we let you go, let everyone know where to go to get some more information for this. Yeah, to register, visit Raiders.com dash Raiderettes. And all the information will be there. We're also having uh, prep clinics for the next two weeks, one this Thursday and one the following Thursday, the 31st. We'd love to see you. We'd love to meet you. And just remember, convince, don't convince yourself out of doing this. Give it, just give it a try and see what happens. You're going to meet incredible people throughout the process. And you're in for the experience of a lifetime.
There you go. And and when you say that you, you, you can't wait to meet them, I had to let DeMond know that you're talking about the young ladies and not him because he here he got a little fired up and he was on his way. You know what? You, hey, what? man, a guy can dream. Maybe I have another question. Let's say if you do go out to the tryouts and you don't have what it takes. You're a terrible dancer. Could there maybe why, be— Why you got to be terrible? I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. Would there be something else down? Maybe I could do something else? Well, you know, there's endless possibilities. I think we're always looking for talent in the community, and we're open to expanding in the future and seeing, you know, what other opportunities we can make. So I think the best thing to do is just come out and give it your best shot. Maybe it's a no this year. Maybe it's a yes next year. But you're going to meet some incredible people in the meantime. You're going to have a great time, and you're going to experience what it feels like to step foot on that field for the first time. And that's just all around a win, I think. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. And I'll tell you right now, for everyone else, it's it's a possibility. For DeMond, there's no possibility. So let's not <laughs> try to encourage him. He don't have an athletic bone in his body. He can't dance. There's a whole lot he can't do. So we're going to save him the trouble. But, Tiffany, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely do appreciate you. And uh, make sure you, you check back in with us and let us know uh, what else you need, and we'll make sure to get the word out. All right. Well, thank you for having me, and go Raiders. There you go. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Tiffany McNiff, uh, Raiderette director. She was a former Raiderette. And, DeMond, what else can I do? Maybe I can't dance. We all know, man. Lee, you're trying to get on the field any way you can. Exactly. I mean dance in a professional level. You I know. know. I can bust a couple moves. You ain't got no moves, I man. I can bust a couple moves, you know, do a couple of two steps. You know, hey, man, I can do shoulder lean. Yeah, yeah. You can, yeah, you can. All right, 3.40 is the time. We'll come back. The Raiders have made another signing. We'll let you know who that is, and we'll close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Had a couple text messages I wanted to get to on the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword RR. This one comes from Big Deuce. Is DeMond thinking of trying out? Homie was a male cheerleader at Michigan State, said that that was the best college experience he ever had. And those dudes are hella strong. CQ, you laughing at me. I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you. It's, in, it's possible, like she said possibilities are endless. Hey, man. Hey, hey, shoot your shot, homeboy. Do what you want to do. I ain't mad at you. All right, I'm going to need this Thursday off work to go to the clinic. Next Thursday off work before the tryouts to get ready. You understand? All right. Hey, look. <laughs> in this business, what have I said before? In this business, you take a couple days off, you might not get another chance. Someone might come up and take your spot. Remember, I used to be that guy. I'm, mean, a- I'm actually still that guy. I'm still that. We're gonna take my spot like on a Thursday. Hey, look, bro. <laughs> I guarantee, some, guarantee save, job security. <laughs> save some dollars on the payroll. Right. You know what? Right. I can do this by myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell, Clay does it. I can do it. Shout out to Clay. Got a uh, got a text here from Sir Whiskey Ray. Q and D. Of course, Cheaters is back. Didn't you guys know this? It's clearly obvious that I have cheaters cameras on both of you guys 24-7. It's just a matter of time until we get our revenge. We are both crazy ladies and can't hide it anymore. Sincerely, Cheryl and Kayla. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. <laughs> All right, the narrative of the first person text. That's awesome. Sir Whiskey Ray. I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. That is great stuff right there. Uh, let's see. We got a text from Talon from West Jordan, Utah. Well, 
Let's all just hope that Tom Cable was a terrible coach and that they can get the best out of Brandon Parker. And if you don't know, Brandon Parker re-signed with the Raiders today. Uh, Jermaine Illuminor put out a tweet, make it look like he uh, re-signed with the Raiders today as well. They've also come to agreement with uh, multiple players today. They've been very busy. Uh, they signed linebacker Kyler Fackrell. And I said it very slowly because DeMond has a dump button, but I don't want to even have to make him stress it. Oh, yeah, that was the name. I read it and I said... That's a name. Right, right. Well, he's a guy. He's going to provide some toughness. He's going to provide some more depth at that linebacker position. Uh, he was actually with the uh, the New York Giants a year ago with Patrick Graham. So, obviously, he's very familiar. And, look, that's something that, that Patrick Graham's going to do. Just like Gus Bradley a year ago brought in his guys, he's going to start to bring in his guys. In 2021, he played in 13 games with one start. Um with the or he wasn't no 2020 excuse me with the with the Giants in 2021 he was with the Chargers so excuse me I got that wrong uh, 16 tackles uh, three sacks one pass defense one forced fumble one fumble recovery that was in 2021 uh, before that he was with the Giants in 2020 under Patrick Graham so want to make sure that I get those correct uh, also signed today I'm telling you man we just got email after email after email Brandon Parker's official they sent that one in uh, what other one Micah Kaiser mentioned that earlier in the show. Uh, he was with the Broncos in 2021 and the Rams from 2018 and 2021. Uh, he was originally selected in the fifth round of the 2018 NFL draft. He's appeared in 36 games with 11 starts, 94 tackles, three passes defense, one forced fumble. So uh, as far Garrett as I'm concerned, Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert, that yeah, was another one that, that became official. official today. That became official, but that was something that was uh, let it be known over the weekend. He's a guy that actually has spent time with the Raiders and he spent time with the Patriots. So it's a guy that uh, Josh McDaniels is very familiar with. Look, bottom line with all these signings that we're talking about today, it's all just depth. They're creating a bunch of depth. These are not splash hires or, or signings, but they're depth. And they got more guys coming in that will be uh, potential depth as well. Because remember what you're trying to build up. You're trying to build up for training camp and seeing who sticks and who doesn't. And that's great. They're providing as much competition right now as possible. That's exactly what you want to do. So, again, I look at this front office and say, yeah, I like, I like the direction they're going. And I like the approach that they're taking. Not, not every one of these guys is going to shake out. But, again, I just think that they're doing things the right way. Uh, we got a text from Mohammed in Oakland. Is minicamp going to be in Napa this year? I know Mark Davis loves Napa. I'm a season ticket holder. Mohammed, I don't know. I don't have any idea yet. When we find out, I will let you know. But I, I'm, as of right now, I have no idea. Uh, so right now, I think everyone's still trying to get through the free agency and try to get through the draft. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was just going to say, I don't even know what we're doing for the draft yet. We got a lot going on for the draft. And, you know, it's of course, it's a little bit different. The hype is not there as much as it was now that they don't have a first round or a second round pick. But it's still Vegas. It's still the draft. And you still have Devontae Adams. So I think that when pick 22 comes up and Green Bay goes up to the podium, I think all the Raider Nation will yell, Devontae! Devontae Adams! Let's, you know what I mean? I just, I just think that that's what's, what it's going to be. And it's going to be fun because, like you said, all you got to think about, whoever gets taken at number 22, would you rather have him right. or Devontae Adams? Right. They're not Devontae Adams. Now, of course, that takes the Raiders out of the running for, you know, multiple guys. We've talked about Jordan Davis. Uh, we've talked about uh, Devontae Wyatt. We've talked about, you know, plenty of different guys that they could have taken. But, hey, you got you got uh, Devontae Adams. I think everything will be uh, A-OK. Uh, how about this text from Fargo Raider, Q and DeMond? Fargo Raider here. I've watched Raiders football until the last minute. I had to watch more football to get that terrible play off my mind at times, many times. Just win, baby. So that goes back to our conversation of do you turn football off in general or any sport off when, you know, your favorite team loses? Like when I'm watching basketball and the Warriors lose, I don't stop watching basketball. I just know that the Warriors took an L or the A's. When the A's lose, I keep watching baseball. I don't stop watching college basketball. I mean, I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have a, a team that it's like, oh, my God, that's my team. Or I went to that school. 
Like I tried to tell Ted to win last week. I went to Berkeley. <laughs> I mean, I went to Berkeley to hang out, but that was it. He was on the campus. <laughs> right, right, right. I had the shorts. I had the hoodie. Didn't mean that I really went there, belonged there, but I was there. Uh, got another text. Bobby Wagner would be a great pickup. That's going back to the conversation of what would you like to see the, the Raiders continue to do? I'm interested to see where Bobby goes. I thought he was definitely going to be a cowboy. It looks like that that might not be the case, and maybe it will be the case a little bit longer down, later down the line. I'm interested to see where Bobby Wagner goes. I think he's a hell of a player, and I think he'd be a great addition just about to anywhere that he goes. He still has plenty left in the tank. Uh, Mailman Raider said, Q is an avid fantasy footballer. Six leagues every year. I feel obligated to watch every game. My wallet is on the line. So, Ooh, how much do you have on on the games? Man. Big fantasy leagues? See, that would stress me out too much. You know what I mean? That's one reason I don't do well fantasy football, I just don't I just don't do. I, I just it's it's I don't know. Because it's fake. It's like wrestling, right? It's fake. Okay, so I don't so, I don't so. I don't go there. I just I I just don't do it. It's I mean, whatever. But the other reason I don't bet money on games is because it's too stressful. You know what I mean? Like, it's already stressful enough. Can you imagine? And I know there's plenty of people that have money on the game, but could you imagine that last game of the season, Raiders and Chargers, and you have money on the line and already stressful? Like, I, I, I just wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to live in that, that world. And especially, like, when you say it's so stressful because I don't know how much money people are putting on bets, but Saturday I was watching college basketball all day at a sports book, you know? And then they had, like, little props. Hey, first to 15. You can bet on that. People were going crazy when it's just, and you're like, what's going on? Oh, somebody just got the 15 first. And it's just like, I wouldn't want that stress right. of just, who's going to get the 15 first? I couldn't do it. I don't mind talking about gambling. I don't talk. I don't mind talking about you know the lines and everything. And uh, I don't mind people giving me advice on what to do or whatever. I, hey, we have Lee Sterling on the show all the time talking about uh, the betting lines. I just don't want to do it. And he's told me many times, hey, Q, you need to go put some money on this team right here. I get stressed out just when like he gives advice and I go back to watch the game and it's close because I want people to that hear him to, to get it right. I get stressed out. I ain't got nothing on the line. I'm just stressed out because I want to be right. If that stresses me out enough, can you imagine what money would do to me? I couldn't do it. Yeah, sometimes letting go of that $5, $10, that's, that's a little too much for me. I bet. I bet. I, I tell you, I'd have a problem with it. I'm telling <laughs> you right now. You sure wouldn't get me bet, betting no big money. No, I don't mind making a, a you know a nice little bet here and there. I mean, I'll bet you five bucks or a, like a you know like a prop bet like we do. Like we'll do you know fifty pushes on the man. I think you still owe me like thirty five, but whatever. no, you still owe me about a good ten or five. Come on, how man. you how you go from ten to five? How do you even not know? Uh, you all right? You owe me a good ten. Come on, Q. Like don't play this game with me, man. You just had me do ten last week. You don't remember? I do remember that. See? All right, so you owe me a good five then. We'll How? You five. just said I owed you 10. I just Yo, told you how me do 10 last week. So now all of a sudden I owed you 15? I'm not, I'm not budging on five, okay? Oh, we, we can talk. We can, you know, I'll let you, you know, work your way down a little bit, but I'm not budging off of five. Got a text from Dustin in Texas. Hey, guys, this is Dustin in Texan. Texas. I'm usually a calm guy when it comes to the offseason, but I'm starting to worry. Going into the offseason, our top – Need was O-line, specifically right tackle. I don't see any way we can get an upgrade from Parker unless the coaches believe in Leatherwood. Starting to stress. Y'all have any insight on the situation? I'm late to the show today, so I apologize if y'all have already discussed this. Well, uh, as you know, Jermaine Illuminor and uh, sound like Brandon Parker, both of those guys are back into the mix. So that's what it is right now at the right tackle position, but I don't think that's what it's going to end up being. You know what I mean? I think it's going to uh, be, there's going to be more competition at some point. And I wouldn't stress right now, it's March. It's March 21st. I wouldn't stress right now. You've got 
all the free agency, you've got the draft, you've got post-draft. There's going to be guys that are going to get released. There's going to be a lot of moving and shaking without the, with the rosters uh, between now and then. I wouldn't stress, man. Dustin, don't don't. There's more things to stress right now than than who's going to be the starting right tackle in September. Exactly, and also what you said about Bobby Wagner. Interesting to see where some of these veterans go post June first. Yes, because with these vets that these high end vets, where maybe they're a little older, they know how to get their bodies right. Right. So they won't mind coming into training camp maybe at the start a little late because they're not going to play the preseason games anyway. Right. For them, it'll be just getting acclimated with the team, learning who their new teammates are, because they'll be able to pick up the playbook and play the position that they've been playing their entire NFL career just like that. So I feel like when it comes to some of those positions that the Raiders have yet to fill, let's just wait until June 1st, because I know that's a, that's a long way to wait. Yeah, a- absolutely. And the Raiders have plenty of money post June 1st. Got a text, rule number one and two for me. Never bet on or against the Raiders. I want to enjoy fandom and not let the money get the best of me. I agree. I agree. That's 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 me, man. And you know, as a Warrior fan, I always notice the more I watch the team, the more they lose. So at some point, I'm serious. At some point, I'm just like, I don't even know if I can watch this game because, especially if it's a big important one, like I watch it, but I I, I have to drag myself to do it because I feel like at times, like I'm the I'm the bad juju. You know, they go out there and they they have a bad performance. I always feel like it's on me. Now this year, it's a lot of injuries. We'll see if they can get back. Now, Ooh, Steph, out. Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, we had a text and I can't find it, but it's like, oh, Demond's one of those fans who thinks that him his his specific chair had anything to do with the game. Maybe or maybe not. Oh no, yeah. But when they went into halftime, Memphis was up ten. I left. They lost the game. I, I'll now, say, what am I supposed to think? No, I do, I do, and I know this is silly, but I do do like stupid stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like I had a I had a a, a football that was a little one of those soft. You know, like stress ball type balls. I'd have that next to me. Uh, there was a year where I had the, a Josh Jacobs jersey on my couch. I didn't put it on, but I had it on my couch. That would help. The I mean, there was just like, like stupid whatever I I would do to try to like influence the game. And because you know, it's only stupid if it doesn't work, right? So for the longest, I would do it. And then when it worked, great. If it didn't, well, then it's on to the next superstition. You got to do something else. So I, I'll, I'll admit I've done that uh, many times. And, and, and like I said, I. Uh, I, um, yeah, I like that. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next. Uh, he's in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. here. Uh, we got a lot of uh, stuff going on outside the building. So, uh, yeah, that just went ahead and threw off everything we had going on. So he's up 4 to 6 p.m. He's going to take you in the huddle. He'll get behind all the different signings that the Raiders have done and give you an update on, update on, update on them. Yeah, whatever I'm talking about. I'm out. It's Raider Nation Raider 920.